Hey everyone and welcome to Holy Devoted. Last week we were talking about modesty and this week we're talking a little bit about what it means to walk in love. So tune in to hear more about it. And we just want to take a second to thank our sponsors, Teen Missions International. They take teenagers on missions trips. So go visit teenmissions.org to learn more about it. I am very excited to record this podcast today because we have a very special guest, Miss Susan Smouse, Miranda's mom. I'm so happy to have you here, Miss Susan. Thank you. So, Miss Susan, give us a fun fact about yourself. Welcome to the podcast also. Thank you. She's a very interesting person. She's so cool. So, I thought about this, and one fun fact is that I worked in the Bahamas, for the Navy cool. on contract. Mm, get a and <laughs> I met my husband there, Cute. which was exciting. And when we met, we um, I was going diving with someone, but their boat broke. And when Marty pulled up, he's like, I got a boat. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go scuba diving with me? <laughs> Exactly. Actually, you weren't even yeah. there. That was it. Yeah, That's totally I it. didn't know that. That's so I'm sorry. Cute. I didn't mean to steal the, no, the punch of your story. No, no, that helps. That helps a lot. That helps a lot. But so we lived down there for seven years. The first month I was there, I was able to photograph the Queen of England. She came over. It kind of freaked me out. But she was there because it was a United States Navy and United Kingdom Navy joint venture. And they did war games with. Yeah, isn't she cool? <laughs> That's so That's cool. so cool. With helicopters and surface wow. ships and submarines, and they shot torpedoes and targets. And don't For ask fun. me the <laughs> difference. Didn't, didn't between you like th- tell her to smile or yeah, something? Yeah, dude. She uh, talked to the queen on an like. Like wait wait. wait no, I want to hear it from dude. Susan. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear it, Susan. Okay. So just in my defense, there were so many people that got to go to the Queen School. And got to learn how to wear the gloves and how to dress the queen and what to say and not to say. And I did not know that you are not allowed to speak to her unless you've been properly introduced. So we were in a room. There was a commander. There was myself. And there was the queen and the Secret Service guys in the doorway watching everything. Wait, were they like the red coats with the big hats? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> not the Buckingham Palace That's guys. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, they weren't. We're in that. the Bahamas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they would have died. I'm sorry. They so would have died. I love this. They so were not wearing that. No. Continue, so they were they were wearing ordinary clothes, and I noticed that the queen was supposed to sign the book, and I noticed that she wasn't smiling. She wasn't looking up. So I just said. Can you just look up and give me a smile, please? And I heard this guy in the doorway just go, like, dying laughing. <laughs> and I looked over like, oh, like, what did I do wrong? I say that all the time. But you don't say that to the Queen of England. <laughs> Especially if you have not been introduced. And so then she asked what the date was. She's looking down. She's not making eye contact. It was really confusing. And she said... She had this most beautiful voice, though, really timid and soft. And Mm. she said, uh, I'm going to mess it up. But what might the date today be, please? (laughs) 
So I looked at the commander and I was like, she wouldn't talk to me before and answer. So I just looked at him like, you need to answer her because I don't think she's talking to me. <laughs> so anyway, he answered. It was Columbus's birthday. It was October 12th, 1985. Wow. wow. That's so fun. That um, is so cool. Such yeah. a fun fact. Yes. So that's that. Alrighty. Well, let's get right into it. Yeah. So... I was excited when Emma gave me the choice of two things, to walk in love or something else. And <laughs> we're at our church. We're doing the ladies' Bible study. It was We had just finished studying Ephesians uh, 5, verses 1 through 17, I think. And so this was really fresh. So I was like, oh, I totally want to do walking in love because it's fresh. Mm. So... I wanted to read Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And to understand what we need to imitate, we have to go back to Ephesians 4, 32, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even... Mm as God and Christ forgave you. So if we could just do like, if I could just do that perfectly, like I'd be set yeah. when you really look at what it says, like be kind to one another. Like even that can be hard sometimes. Just kindness. Forgiving. I was looking up. Um, one of my favorite commentators is Warren Wearsby. Okay. And he did the whole Ephesians on th his study was on the forgiveness aspect mm. of of our Christian life and forgiving other people. So yeah. anyway, it's a different direction that I wanted to go, but I thought, wow, it's like, it's like forever. You could study every single word mm -hmm. and get so much out of, out of it. Yeah. I really love the part that it talks about imitators of God as dear children. It's a really cool picture to look at the relationship between a father and his kids because if you've ever been around like kids or families, you know that they repeat and they do everything. They imitate everything that their parents do, that they learn from their parents. So I just think that's a really sweet example of the fellowship and relationship that we have with God as children. I feel like the more you read your Bible, the more you want to imitate how God's mm -hmm. character was or is, you know, and the more you want to become more like him. And so I love that part that it says like be imitators of God as dear children. I also like so it says like be kind to one another, tender hearted. But then they also give you the solution for when someone doesn't do those things. That you mm. also need to forgive. Yes. So like as a baseline we need to be kind and we need to be tender hearted towards each other. Which yeah. I'm feeling convicted right now, just the word like tender hearted. Like so often, how often am I like, well I'm right. And so no. then I have a hard heart when that's not what I'm I'm not called to be right. Yeah. Mm. If that makes sense. I mean, you're yeah. called to live righteously, but I think you get what I'm saying. Yes. No, yeah. I know what you mean. But then the solution for when people are not tenderhearted or not kind to you, the solution is forgiveness, like how Christ forgave us. Yes. Mm. And we just, we need to walk in love and that's not easy. <laughs> yeah. No, it even <laughs> says like walk in love as Christ has loved us and given himself for us, like as an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. So just being able to walk in love as God's loved us, you mm -hmm. know. We just celebrated Easter recently, you know, and that was all about remembering 
God's ultimate sacrifice. Mm. And so I feel like, I mean, obviously we say it every day, but we really do need to remember that every single day. Yeah. It shouldn't just be on Easter. Also, it's not that he doesn't tell us how to love. Like he says, imitate me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like he is the author and finisher of our faith. Like he is the inventor of love. Like God is love. Yes. Mm. And so if we imitate God, then we'll love other people well. Yeah. And that's kind of what the verse says. Like you don't have to be confused about how to love other people. Just love them the way I love them. Mm. So simple, but so difficult. Yeah. <laughs> like there was and also like the responsibility that we as Christians carry to love like Jesus loved. Like that's insane. That's such a huge responsibility. Mm-hmm. I've thought a lot about this this past week being Easter, how he when when they did wrong things to him or, or terrible things to him that he said not a word. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, how many times do you want to defend yourself? Do you want to prove yourself right? And he wasn't out to do that. So that's an example that I've thought about a lot this week is his example the week before the cross, especially how much how many times he was ridiculed and persecuted Yet he did not try to defend himself in in that time. And that's an example that I want to imitate, that no matter whether I'm right or wrong, is it really worth arguing with someone over mm. over that point? God knows if I'm right or wrong, and he's the one I answer to. So if I bring it up, it might cause strife, and we're supposed to be peaceful. You know, if at all costs, be peaceful among men. So we're talking about specifically walking in love. And it looks like Miss Susan did like a little word study. So can you share with us about like, what does that mean? Like in the Greek, our Greek scholar, Susan Smiles. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't really write down the Greek words. I just wrote that. um, And this is from the Blue Letter Bible, which I love. And in walking, it's a verb. It's action. It's uh, to make one's way progress to make due of opportunities and Mm. in hebrew it did say hebrew for to live and how to conduct oneself Mm. as far as walking i love that yeah to make one's way like progress so it's not just a one-time thing it's continual also i think we just look like humans look at like statistic lines like you know like a straight line from here to here Mm -hmm. like Like you know when you're like going on a long road trip and your gps is like massive you know crash please take detour three five you know and then you're (laughs) like this and then it detours you again you're like this is so much more complicated than i wanted it to be like i just wanted to take 95 all the way up (laughs) yeah but i think that's also when it's talking about making progress like you're gonna have setbacks you're gonna have times where you're not walking in love probably like every minute of it like (laughs) every minute of every day I feel like you're probably like stepping in and out of walking in love. Yeah. Like it's a progress. It's something you work towards. What I think is really beautiful is like older people who have really like, I guess like perfected that. And you can see like they've worked on, on loving others while they've worked on themselves for so many years. I think it's easy for young people to compare themselves to someone who's maybe 60 years old. Well, like Mm. they have 40 or maybe 45 years of walking with the Lord on you. Mm -hmm. And so part of that growth I think is just, from practice yeah like yeah. it's a progress not and we're gonna fully arrive once we die and are in glory and so yes. it's kind of like god is faithful to continue working with us as we try to learn how to walk in love it's progress it's not necessarily a destination yeah 
Did that make any sense? That no, no that, that, is, that was okay. a really good point. No, I, I started to panic good. in the middle, like, is this making sense? No, that, I was no, thinking that was about the it. spirit moving through you, girl. Amen. I remember reading something similar to that, and I thought, wow, how did she get so wise? Because <laughs> 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 I spirit. totally got it. Totally, totally. It okay, was, good. It was, it was right on. Yay. Faye first, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I love the part that, after prog- right after progress, it says to make due use of opportunities, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting to point out that he will give you opportunities that you will have to walk in love. Like yes. Miss Susan was saying, like there are times, it's not going to be easy all the time. And there are mm-hmm. going to be times where you're tested, if you will, mm-hmm. as yeah. to how you will react, how you will respond. And so you have to take advantage of those opportunities to either walk in love or to walk in the way of the world and what your flesh would gravitate towards naturally. Yeah, and it's so hard to take that choice to walk in love. You know, just to take that second and be like, okay, I am going to choose to walk in love because it's not an active, like, I mean, it is, walking is an action, but it's also, a de- like, I mean, it's a decision. Like, we have to make that decision to walk in love mm-hmm. and we have to take that next step. You want to give us the next definition you have? Okay. And it's love, <laughs> which is also a verb, and it's also an action verb. And the definition is to be affectionate, benevolent, charitable, and to have brotherly love. And this is my favorite part. The most challenging is to have that agape love mm-hmm. that that Christ has for us, and it's a selfless and unconditional love it's the love that God shows to us. Mm. Conviction. How yes. often is my love conditional? <laughs> Selfless. Putting others before yourself. That just doesn't come natural. No, it doesn't. No. I'm relieved to hear you say that, Miss Susan. It uh, does not come naturally to me either. No. Naturally, Emma looks out for Emma. That's what she does best naturally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whenever I say things like that, I always wonder if like the people listening are going to judge me. But I feel like they're lying if they say that no their not main interest isn't themselves also like we're trying we're all trying to not be that way but it's what comes naturally to us because of the flesh oh yeah it's so insane like to try for my human mind to try and comprehend the unconditional love of god <laughs> like it just makes you want to cry <laughs> it's so yeah. bizarre like it just blows your mind yeah so when we talked about walking in love there was two main ways that we kind of saw i guess that would be walking in love and that was to love Christ and to love others. And so we just kind of mm. want to dive deeper into those two topics in this episode and just see what the Bible and what Miss Susan has to say about that. So let's start with uh, loving Jesus and what that looks like. First John four nineteen says we love him because he first loved us. His love for us began long ago um, before the cross mm. and God is a definition of love. Mm. And the scripture I have for that is first John four sixteen. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. So we love because he first loved us is actually like, or we love him because he, it depends on the translation. Different ones say different things. Some say mm-hmm. just we love because he first loved us. Either way, I just, I like love that verse because it's so, I don't know, almost resting. I'm, I feel like in my spiritual life, I'm someone who like is constantly like, I'm a doer. Like I need to do more, mm-hmm. you know, to love the Lord more. I need to do more. I need to do more and whatever else. And it's like, instead I love him because he first loved us. So actually, I don't know if you guys, do you guys remember many sermons? I feel like most sermons I forget. But Pastor Len at our church in Calvary Chapel, 
did a sermon years ago about if you don't feel like you're loving God enough, the answer to that is not to do more. Instead, is to just abide and meditate on his love for you because mm-hmm. we love him because he first loved us. Like it was a restful thing. It was not like a, you need to do more. And it was such a good sermon. Like it's good enough that I still remember it years later. And yeah, yeah. let me tell you guys, I'm I don't have impressed. a great memory. I'm <laughs> <totally> <laughs> <impressed>. <laughs> yeah. I just love, I, I, I can't remember. I think it was in our Bible study that it was talking about like before he created the foundations of the earth, like he chose us or something yeah, yeah, along I the lines of that. Up. And so like reading that, like we love him before, because he first loved us like he chose us from the beginning of time Mm -hmm. like he had us in mind and like hearing that i remember talking about it in our bible study obviously but like just hearing that is like a sigh of relief you know like from the beginning of time like no matter what we do god chose us and just like know like that you know that song like that hill song song like you're chosen you're not forsaken like Mm -hmm. you are who god chose you you know so like it's just like just a deep sigh of relief yeah there's a verse i think it's in revelation that says like before the foundations of the world the lamb had been slain like Mm. it was never god's plan to not almost said kill jesus which sounds like weird doctrine but it's kind of the truth like jesus came to die yeah it's not like god killed him but i think you guys get like it says like it pleased god for jesus to die anyways before the foundations of the world, like God's plan for love and redemption was already in motion. Yes. Like humans yeah. didn't s- screwed up. They just, that was what they did. Like that's was the plan. Like we were talking about, it's an active, you know, like it's an action to choose love. I was thinking about this driving home from our Easter sunrise service. When God, like, before they were about to crucify him, he said, like, Lord, if there is any way, like, you could take this cup from me, like, please do, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, it was not, I mean, it was his first choice to die for us, but, like, he chose that. He didn't, he have, didn't to. have to. And that is just so amazing to know that, like, God actively chose us. He chose to die for us. He chose to dwell among us. Wow. So how can we continue to grow in Christ's love? Get it, Susie. (laughs) (laughs) She's ready. (laughs) I'm mama to you. (laughs) 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 No, I think it starts because I remember a time when I didn't understand that it starts when we give our life to him. Mm. This is when it starts because you have to, there has to be a time when you plant a seed when you plant a plant you know you have mm. a seed you oh, plant yeah. it it has to there has to be a beginning i remember that actually through the navigators mm. after i was not saved very long we were doing a bible study in the bahamas we got together and did you know little tiny navigator series oh, books cool. and so one of them was you know there has to be a time when when you first gave your life to God. And there were some people that didn't understand that. It was actually a pastor that was with us. We had visiting pastors every week. And some people don't understand it, but it's really, really important to know that you have to have a beginning mm-hmm. when you lay down your life, you sacrifice your life to live for Jesus. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a start, number one. A, a beginning so you can continue to grow. Yeah. But the Bible verse I had for that was 1 John 2, 5 that says, but 
whoso keepeth his word, in him is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. Mm. So you have to know that you are in Christ right. to walk in love. And you right. have to keep his word. Yeah. Right. Well, he, he chose you, but you also have a choice to choose him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that goes all the way right. back to the garden. That's right. Yeah. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Ooh. It's so convicting. Like, if you know that you are in Christ, then let the Holy Spirit guide you. And he's not going to guide you to be unkind and hard hearted. You know, it's like God's word is a harmony that agrees with each other. The verses uh, align. And so the Holy Spirit, the same love that God has is in the Holy Spirit because they're one. And so the Holy Spirit is going to guide you to love others and to love Christ. Uh, And that, I guess, is like. Like if we let him guide us, that love for Christ is going to grow. Mm. You know how we always talk about how the Bible, you know, it's living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, and you can read it a thousand times and still learn something. New. Still learn something new. I don't know how many times I have read the book of Galatians. I don't remember that verse, and yeah, that really pierced me in the heart, and that blessed me. Like if the reason we recorded this podcast today was for me to hear that verse i'm grateful and to read galatians wow no seriously i was just thinking that i was like man where is that i want to read that book and then i was like galatians i'm pretty sure i've read that like 50 (laughs) times like what that's so cool i don't always choose different translations but that's from the new living translation and i i looked at like a dozen different translations and some were like in hebrew and and (laughs) japanese and spanish but this one really this was the one that I felt said what the verse really meant. Mm, yeah. yeah. Or I could understand it better. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I mean. makes sense. A really good question to ask yourself is how can we show our love for Christ just in our everyday life? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to be the first to say something because it, Mama. it comes from pastor Malcolm. And this is, I think amazing because it's so simple, yet it's such a truth about the verse in Galatians 5.22. talks about the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit, single, it's a single, not fruits. There's not like a dozen different fruits, but it's the fruit of the Spirit is love, number one. Mm. And then the rest are manifestations of love. Which Me and Miranda having our light bulb moment. <laughs> so their joy, their peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Uh, I feel like I would have remembered that. Maybe I was still a child <laughs> when he taught that. Mm. I think it was a few weeks ago, wasn't it? I don't know. No, no stinking way it was. <laughs> no, he did a knee tour in Galatians. He, he might have. He might have. I remember we were talking about. Okay, no, I'm so sorry. Logan in our young adults group just talked uh, about the fruit of the spirit. Uh, <laughs> wrong, wrong. I was Bible like, study. Okay. in John for months. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure he's I was like, we just did the fruit of the spirit. No, but <laughs> it is really cool how I know I sound like a broken record with this, but it is just very cool how the Lord reveals things to you in the time that you need them. Like Miranda, you were saying, like, how did I not remember this? Yeah, like it's just maybe I just didn't need it. It's now. just so cool that this is the time. Galatians 5, both for me and Miranda's really hitting all. For such <laughs> a time as this. Amen. No, I love that all of those things come with, well, love is a commandment. What's that verse that talks about love being a command? 
That's in John. The first and the first commandment. The first, the, it talks about two commandments. Yes. The first one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second commandment to is love. to love your neighbor as yourself, but don't oh. ask me where. I think you have that <laughs> on here, actually. Do I? I think you do. Hmm. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Is that what we're talking about? And then love your, the second commandment is love, love your, your neighbor, neighbor as, as yourself. yourself. Yeah, that's it. Like, Jesus is talking. It's in James. the four Gospels. Oh, it's also repeated in James. It's it's cross-referenced oh, a it's lot repeated. of places. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. had that verse yeah. written down, the Deuteronomy. The one that Jesus is quoting about loving the yeah. Lord. How do you think you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and strength? Because that's something that I actually kind of stress over my mind. Like, am I actually loving him with all those three things? Like, I know I'm not going to do it perfectly. Well, all means everything. Everything in your heart, your soul, and your strength. So within your being to love God, I think putting him first. I I don't know about you, but in the morning, sometimes I want to do other things. I'm thinking of a million things I want to do, and I'm like, no, no, no. I need to put God first. I want to put God first. Mm -hmm. I want to make him first. I'm just going to be still. I'm going to read his word. I'm going to take time to pray, to hear him. And it's actually a battle sometimes, but it's something that makes me feel like I'm loving him by giving him the first fruits of the day. That's one thing. I, I don't know if that answered your question or not, but that's, that's okay. part of it. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> something that I have definitely talked about before on here is trying to do things in your own strength, like it says, with all your soul and with all of your strength. But I think, once again, it's important to remember that he can give you the strength mm. to choose to love and to choose him and to put him first. Yeah. And that it's not something, like, you're not strong enough to make those choices. You're not strong enough of yourself to have the self-control and the self-discipline. Like, obviously, you should <laughs> you should do your best. But ultimately, like, that strength comes from the Lord. And you can't have those it's not like you can have one thing without the other. Yeah. Mm. A big thing that my pastor in Kansas told us is ask for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit mm. daily and continually. Like what he said, like pick a place in your house or wherever y- you work or something, whether it's like if you're walking upstairs or walking down the stairs, like to ask for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. And I feel like that helps so much because just having the Lord in mind 24-7 and walking in his love helps so much to remember, you know? Yeah. Our, like, marriage counselor, Pastor Howard, he's the missions pastor at our church, and he did our marriage counseling. He'd been married, I was going to say 70 years, but I don't know if it was that long. 60? 60, probably. Between 50 50 and 60. Yeah. So it's really sweet. He did he did marriage counseling with us. His wife passed away, I think, maybe three or four years ago. And so it was really special. He got to it was really special for both of us because as we were talking, like he was also like reminiscing on all these like fond memories of his wife, Doreen. And so it was like really like sad, but also like really a blessing for us. And something he said to Joel and I that they prayed every morning was that the Holy Spirit would pour God's love into their hearts and that from that that love would pour over to each other, that they would love each other through the like mm. outpouring of Christ's love from the Holy Spirit. And oh that's something that's I think so I'll probably cool. remember through my whole marriage. I'm getting married, not next week, but the next week, <laughs> like, I don't know, 12 days or something. And I think that's something that I'll carry with me and try and pray 
that the love God has would be poured into my heart so that I could pour into Joel, you know? So like our final thing we wanted to talk about with loving God was that how do we participate in sacrificial love? Because one of the ways we show Christ our love for him is through sacrificial love for others. Like mm-hmm. that's what he did for us. And it may sound confusing, but there's verses that talk about like when you sacrificially love people that you're ultimately doing it unto God, not unto people. That's Are you with me? Yes. That's okay. you being an imitator of yeah. God. Oh, yeah. That's it a actually full does connect. circle moment. Look at this. Crazy how the what I'm that. thinking right now. But uh, <laughs> Thanks. Praise the Lord. But I was thinking of an example because I was praying for an example mm-hmm. of sacrificial love. And I just thought about uh, when we were out at Bible College in Twin Peaks, uh, Calvary Chapel Bible College. And we had Kay Smith teach several times. And one of the times she said that we should be excited if we're man and wife excited about things that the spouse is doing and she said chuck did a lot of things that she was not very excited about and he had been creating a youth retreat center in the mountains between lake arrowhead and big bear and he would want to show her things and she didn't really want to go but she would go because to her that was sacrificial Mm -hmm. to her it was she didn't want to just say, no, I, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do this. And she might not have, but she sacrificed her time and she went up to the mountain and he was so excited to show her mm-hmm. the, the different things that were changing up there. And it was, I think, a very good example of sacrificial love. I, for the first six months of my nephew's life, was his caretaker. And so that meant fr- watching him from about, I don't know, like 7 a.m. to like 6 p.m. and around there, like 5, I think it was. And so that's around, like, that's a good 10 hours. That's a full day. Yeah, that's a full day. And kudos to all the moms out there that have children because taking care of babies is hard. (laughs) And there were some days that, like, I didn't want to take care of him as cute as he was. Like, there were some days it was hard, but I did it because I knew it was helping them you know and i say that with all loving kindness in my whole entire heart because i love that child to bits <laughs> but <laughs> it is hard like i said being a mom is hard and i definitely could not have done it if i was like taking care of him at night and stuff mm. that would have been hard too but that was definitely a time in my life where like i had to make sacrifices like and not be able to hang out with people because like oh he woke up like he's not napping like we can't hang out this time you know like there's some like self-sacrifice in there so yeah i would say like leadership on a team is probably the most like pushed for sacrificial love Mm. that i ever am i'm always like the lord always shows me every summer that i lead what a selfish cow i am (laughs) it becomes very evident Say that about my friend (laughs) (laughs) but it's the truth like a lot of times you do things i think it's I, I've never been a head male leader, so I don't know. But as a female leader, you do a lot of things that are unseen and unappreciated. That's true. And you just have to, like, that's just the name of the game. And it was like, I remember one of my teams, I remember thinking, like, okay, this is what it feels like to be a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Like, I am exhausted, yeah. I'm tired, and I don't want to do the things that I need to do for the team. But I'm going to do it for the team, even though, like, in this situation, they were ungrateful, too. I felt like they were. Maybe they were. Anyways, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to, like, think about that verse then while I'm doing these things and while I'm frustrated. Like, I'm a living sacrifice. I need to die to myself. 
And I think truly sacrificial love mm. is that attitude of, and I'm not saying I do this perfectly. I don't at all, not even close. But that was something the Lord, I think, teaches me and reminds me every mm. summer that I lead that just yeah. sacrificial love is a cost and it's mm. not easy and it doesn't come to me naturally. Mm. Well, you could have fooled me because when we went to Honduras, I remember we would get up early and we would film the obstacle course mm-hmm. and we would have breakfast and then I wanted to go lay down and you would say, let's see if we can help in the kitchen. And I would be <laughs> like, okay, all right. So that sorry. was so <laughs> Jesus-like for you to even suggest that. And I was thinking I of myself. I never told oh. you that. I, don't think. I just realized we never talked about the fact that like Susan and I went on this photography mission trip to Honduras for like two weeks. It was so fun. I know. You guys are like besties. We are. So all of those, like I guess, discussions of sacrificial love just kind of move us to our, our second point, which is that we need to love others. To walk in love, we need to walk in love and loving Christ, but we also need to walk in love of loving others. So how can we love our friends? I have, this is a question that I have been trying to work on mainly since like August, I feel like after the summer, I've really been focusing on this because I have so many friends that don't live like near me. They all live out of, not all of them, but a lot of my friends live out of state. And so it's really hard for me to be intentional in my friendships and stuff. And I've already talked about all of this in our friendship episode. Talking about self-sacrificial love and talking about how how to love our friends, we can sacrifice our time. You know, I feel like there's sometimes that we don't necessarily feel like hanging out, but it's the perfect time and the perfect place. You know what I mean? Like, for example, I sometimes pray, Lord, interrupt my plans, where if is that like not I don't necessarily want him to interrupt my plans. I was going to say that's a brave prayer, sister. But sometimes, like, for example, we have a coffee shop that is really close to my house. And sometimes I go and why I ask the Lord to interrupt my plans. Sometimes when I go there, I don't know because I'll go there with the intention of studying. (laughs) And there's almost like a hundred percent of the time, not really a hundred, but like 85%. There's someone there that I know from our youth group or our church. And I end up talking to them the whole time. And so like sometimes it's not our plans to hang out with people and spend time with people but sometimes it's the time and the place where God gives us that opportunity to, mm-hmm. you know, and we need to take time out of our day to encourage or uplift when someone's like feeling down or you get a phone call in the middle like of hanging out with someone and someone needs your help. You know, you can take 10 minutes to talk to them, you know, and so just a little self-sacrifice. And I think God honors that because I remember your dad saying that happened when he went to school to be a teacher that he had to study for this exam and he was in the library but God put somebody in his path that needed to be encouraged and he needed to talk to and he said and I even made a really good grade on the on the test even though I didn't get the hours in that I wanted to get in to study Mm. and I think he does that I think he honors the sacrifice that you made in doing his will. Mm-hmm. So true. Just finding those little things that you can do for people is, you know, just like a simple act of kindness, you know. Means the mm. world. Yeah. And ha- like 
with that, like, how can we love people that we don't know? Like, how can we love strangers? We actually have a verse for that, which is, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. So basically, God doesn't forget when we love others, especially those who are in the household of faith, because he loves them. And so as a result, like, it's like, have you ever introduced two, like, friends, and you really hope they get along, and then they end up liking each other, and you're like, hooray, like, you're so yeah, happy. Yeah, yeah. That sounds terrible, but, like, maybe that's what, how God feels, like, when the saints love each other. Like, oh, the two people I love also love each other. No, oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good example. That's mm-hmm. a good thought. But I think there's just a lot of different ways to love strangers, and sometimes loving strangers is more difficult than loving people that we love, and sometimes it's easier, because, it's like, you don't yeah. know anything. Sometimes it's almost a relief to just do something loving, and then it's like, I... This sounds terrible. Well, I'm going to sound like a terrible person. But like just doing something loving for somebody that you don't know. And that's a, like a short interaction or a longer interaction, whatever. And then like that person is out of your life. And you I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Again. Like it's almost easier. And sometimes just, yeah. you know, I'm going to show you love right now. Like there was a homeless guy outside of Target. And uh, he said, you know, do you have any money you could give me so I could get some food? And uh, most of the places were closed and I don't really like to give money out, but we were going into Target and I've really tried to change my attitude about homeless people because I feel like a lot of God really worked in my heart about this because I feel like a lot of Christians are like, well, like they need to get a job or they're just going to spend it on drugs. And it's like, you don't know that. Like we're literally called to care about people Mm, and not assume the worst. And so I've started going and buying groceries or like food for them. Like I won't give them maybe money, but I'll, I'll buy them a blanket or whatever. Because most of the time I see them when I'm going into a department store. Anyways, but I was able, we bought just some easy things to eat, like a pack of bananas, some granola bars. And he was so grateful. And then he started talking to us about like his love for the Lord and like different stuff. And it was just, it was a really cool conversation. Like I was really, I was blessed by blessing him. And so Mm -hmm. like we're called to love strangers. And so I think there's a lot of opportunities there that sometimes it's easy for us to overlook because like we rationalize it with logic. Like, well, why are they homeless? What is the homeless situation? Like, why are there so many homeless people in our area? Like, do they all have good motives? It's like, I'm not called to know his motives. I'm not called to know everything about him and discern whether he deserves something or not. Mm. You're just called to love. I'm just called to love and help people. And so that's been kind of a mind shift for me that has been really fun, actually. It's been a blessing to Mm. bless, I don't know, different states, probably up in the north, maybe there's not as many homeless people. Where we live in Florida, there's a lot of homeless there's people. A lot. And so that's like a constant ministry opportunity just to love others that I see. So I was just finished the book of Deuteronomy, and they talk a lot about loving the stranger, the fatherless, and the orphans. Mm. And so the stranger, I think, of the homeless. I, I had put that down, and they instructed that that you should that you should give them food and and clothing. Mm. That was like the main provision. And I remember your mom, Faith, I remember your mom saying when you guys were young that you used to have like baggies to hand out. We still do, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was like water and granola bars. Mm-hmm. and I aspire to do that. I just have yeah. never been coordinated enough to go <laughs> and do so it. True. I did it. For, we had stopped for a while just because it takes time to go into the store and to pick out all of those things Mm -hmm. to put the bags together, to remember to put them in your car is also a struggle. (laughs) And, but when we did our, like how to spend your Christmas break well episode or something, and we we had a challenge for everyone to have an act of kindness. And so that was very convicting to me. And I was like, I've got to have an act of kindness because we said on the podcast. So I went 
to the store and bought a bunch of stuff with like washcloths and cool. all of those things. Mm. Put those bags together and I, I actually went so long without seeing a homeless person while I was driving around, which was such a shock because I feel like you see one every time you go into town. I was telling Emma this. I was she like, was like, I'm so frustrated. Where did all the homeless people go? <laughs> like I'm finally prepared. Like here I am, send me and then they're gone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so but Isn't that just how it is, though. <laughs> no, really. Like right when I get my heart right, <laughs> then they're not here. You're but like, dang it. I was actually going over to y'all's house for, I think we we're just hanging out. The hang you out had like night. a game yeah. night. We didn't end up playing games. We just ended up talking. talking. It was a wonderful night. But on the way to y'all's house, there was a homeless man at that big intersection, and I got to pass out my little goodie bag. And he, it's just like you were saying, Emma. Like he was so grateful for the for the food and for the supplies but also just for the act of kindness mm -hmm. and the act of showing love because he knew that you had put thought into it yeah. beforehand so i feel like also that shows like there's a difference between us and the rest of the world sounds really like elitist but i mean that christ love dwells in us which makes us want to do these things. That's mm -hmm. biblical. So mm -hmm. I actually <laughs> had a I mean, we're called to be set apart. Yeah. yeah like we're called say, to be different. You're not out of bounds here. So like a, a good example of that is I kind of had like, I don't know, one of those like movie situations. Do you ever like in a situation like this is like from a movie and I parked in the Ross parking lot and there was a, a homeless man sleeping in front of my car. And I was actually on the phone with Joel and like he was really still. Like I had never seen someone lie there like that still. And I thought, I feel like anxious just thinking about it because I remember how stressed I felt in the moment. And I was like, Joel, like, I don't I don't think he's breathing. Like, I don't think he's OK. So I, I got out of the car and I, I walked over to him and I remember just feeling like this all of a sudden this like rush of fear. And like, I'm not I'm not a safety gal, uh -huh. much to Steve's disappointment. That's Faith's dad. Also to Faith's disappointment. Yeah. Most people think I'm reckless, I guess, in some situations when it comes to my practical bodily safety. And but I felt afraid and I remember thinking like he could be faking it. And if I like shake his shoulder, like what's he going to do if he's just sleeping and I wake him up because he was like very obviously homeless. I mean, his clothes were like rags, but like I could tell he was not breathing. And so I was like, I remember this moment of like total fear, like I don't want to do this. And then I remember thinking in my head, like, what would Jesus do? And I was like, Jesus would definitely see if he was OK. Like, that's what you have to do. And so I, I shook him and like he, he didn't get up. And I was like, okay, so this is like, I, I need to do something. And so I was like, Joel, I got to go. Like, I have to call 911. So I hang up. And I remember we had 911 training here at Team Missions. And they always say, call someone for help to be a friend, like to help you in the situation so you're not yeah. doing this alone. And so I looked through the parking lot, and there was this guy in the parking lot. And I was like, okay, I'm going to call that guy for help. And so I, like, I called across the parking lot. I said, hey, this guy's not breathing. Like, could you come over here and help me? And then I kind of ignored him because I figured he would just come over and just sort of jump in and start helping me. It's my was my assumption. And so I, I shook the guy again. I called 911 and everything else. And the lady's like, all right, are you comfortable starting CPR? And I was like, I mean, I'm no. not comfortable, <laughs> but <laughs> I can. And so I rolled the guy over. And, and while this all was going on, the guy from the parking lot walked over, basically saw the scenario. I think by then Joel had arrived because I, I hung up quickly with Joel. So he drove over. And then the guy was like, eh, why do I need to help? And just like left. And like the only difference between me and that man was that Christ lives inside of me and convicted me. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like that was the difference between the two. And so the the climactic end of the story, the police came. He was a known hero heroin user user. <laughs> and so they gave him I think it's called Narcan. Yeah. Uh, and 
it was super weird because later faith and i were like driving somewhere and the guy was walking on the down side the road, of the road which eventually he did pass away but i comfort myself like he had a few more months then to possibly give his life to the lord but all that to say like the reason we're able to love people is because of that conviction inside of us from the lord yes. it's not yeah. in our own strength and actually i think she wrote that like in bold letters here Love is the result of us allowing God to love others through us by the work of his Holy Spirit. It is not human effort. And that story is a good example of that. So Mm. our next question was, how can we love our enemies? The verse we had for that was Luke 6, 27, which says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. The next part is like, bless those who spitefully hate you. It's so hard. That's so hard. It's a, it's so crazy. Like, the way he's worded it, once again, not an option. It is a command. Yeah, yeah. but I say Love to you. your <laughs> enemies. Yeah. Not a question. I feel like one of the biggest things that I do whenever I'm having a hard time with this is taking a second to remember Jesus loves me and Jesus loves them. Mm. You know, like, they are no different than me, and I need to treat them as Christ would treat them. Yeah. Which That's is hard. really good. Well, I just had another story here. <laughs> Love them. Right. Well, it's one that has left an impression on me for years. And when we were at Bible college, we had a guest speaker who was Nikki Cruz, who was the gang member and man who was witnessed to by Dave Wilkerson. It was the cross and the switchblade from I the cross and the switchblade. I haven't read it, but I want to so I, bad. It's on my list. So such a, such a good book. I remember reading it when I was a teenager and newly saved. And then when I was at the Bible college to meet him. And I think the one thing either from the book or his ministry there at the college that he said that really left an impact was that Dave Wilkerson was a very small, I think he was tall, but he was a thin country preacher who went to New York City to minister to the gang members. And he had seen Nikki Cruz, and Nikki Cruz pretty much assaulted him with the words, what would you do if I cut you up in a million pieces? Now, I I stop there and I think, what would I say if somebody said that to me? Mm -hmm. I would be so scared. But that man had the spirit of God dwelling within Mm. him and answered him in a way that only God gives words Mm -hmm. at the right time. And he said, every one of those pieces would cry out to you that Jesus loves you. So, you know, someone that's that's a known killer, someone Mm. who doesn't fear taking someone else's life, but knowing that you're in the hands of God, Mm. a God who loves you. And a God who cares about that person Mm -hmm. who's a gang member. So that's just, that's always been my go-to. Love your enemies as Mm -hmm. Christ loves you, you Mm -hmm. know, do good to them. He was doing good to him. And I think right there, like, tells you how to do it. Like, all the time we're like, but how do I do do it? It's like, God just said, like, love your enemies, do good to them. So if you have opportunity to do good to them, do good to them. Speak to them in a kind way. Be tenderhearted towards them. Forgive them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes we complicate it, like, but how do I actually love my enemies? And it's like, sometimes we just need to do it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes we obsess over, like, our internal heart self. Like, do I have 100% the good attitude? And I'm not saying that attitudes don't matter. They do matter. But I also think there's something to be said for also, like, even when I don't feel like it, choosing mm-hmm. to do the right thing because I know it's the right thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. And I love what you said because a lot of times we we stop reading a scripture 
and if you just go on, Malcolm says that all the time, if you just go on, it'll answer your question. Mm, yeah. Because it says, love your enemies, and you're like, how do you do that? Well, you did do, do good. good to them. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. And may we walk in love this week and do good to others. Yeah. I mean, like we're talking about, when we love Christ as our number one, everything else will come along with it. We'll be able to love others with the self-sacrificial love and we'll be able mm -hmm. to choose to love others. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Miss Susan, it's been so fun. This has been mm -hmm. great. This is actually the second time we recorded. The first time was the audio that went bad, but I'm actually like grateful we recorded because I don't know. I feel like this was a really good conversation. And really I'm grateful. Blessed. I've been I blessed. mean, so it's sorry that you guys recorded all that time and it didn't work out. But selfishly, I am so grateful. She's like, I'm <laughs> This so has happy. been such a blessing and to me and an encouragement to me. So we just thank you guys so much for listening. And we're really excited once again for all the things that are coming up in the future. We also want to thank our sponsor, Team Missions, one last time. If you guys are interested in going on sh any short-term mission trips or you want to lead a trip or volunteer, you can check out their website at teenmissions.org to learn more. You can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at holy.devoted.podcast. Thanks for listening. Perfect. Guys, that was really good. Oh,